Alright. Welcome to the very second episode of The Hot Seat. I am Ryan Truex, your host. Joining me is the mustached Brett Moffitt, <laughs> NAS truck driver of the 23, um, whatever sponsors on it this weekend, Chevy. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for coming. I am glad to be yeah, here. You absolutely. know, I, I feel Cole Custer's pain of being in the low <laughs> seat over here. Not sure what to do with my hands once again. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's all good. We're here in Marquis Spa, so it's That's right, it's that's right. So first of all, this episode is a little different because we have a uh, peanut gallery in the back. Yes. Your, your wonderful fiance, Steph, yeah. came to supervise um, and watch the dogs while we do this. So thank you very much for coming. It's a little bit of pressure for you, I think, <laughs> to perform in front of, uh, in front of your fiance. It's but. always more difficult, but uh, <laughs> she does a good job. She keeps me in line, you yeah. know, so. I hear Hopefully you. she'll uh, keep the show on the road. <laughs> yeah, just wave to us if you have any anything I say that you don't want him to answer. It's a little too personal. I'm sure he'll answer anyway because he doesn't really have a filter. Yeah, I'm pretty open book. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, me and you have known each other for what, 11 years? Since 2009, 2008? Yeah, 2000, uh, it was first year in K&N, 2009, I was with Andy, you were at uh, NWR. Um, and then I guess after that was you were at MWR's nationwide at the time program and I was in their East stuff so yeah I guess that's the time we probably actually became friends I would say yeah other than competitors <laughs> it feels like 20 years ago it's doesn't feel like sport will age you very quick that's why I'm wearing a hat one <laughs> uh, because I haven't got a haircut two because I have a terrible hairline and three because you know you got a rep Chevrolet so perfect that's why I'm wearing a hat in a hot tub in case anyone's wondering very nice both of us Chevrolet drivers <laughs> so it works perfectly I appreciate the, uh, the oh, free yeah. plug yeah for sure so on every episode I decided I want to um, have whoever's favorite drink so Custer we of course had Bush Lights um, yeah. he's a very classy guy yeah. and for you <laughs> you're a big IPA man so we got some Noda Brewing hop drop and rolls yeah you know I'm not no, no, I'm not paid. Yeah, but would love to be. We would love some uh, um, some free beers. Yeah, I mean, great beer. So we'll tag them. Yeah, if y'all haven't checked it out yet, do it. Uh, Noda, I've sent you various tweets. <laughs> Here, so we'll, we'll throw it right there. I'll use this plug nice. to uh, take advantage of it. Nice but. product placement. Mm. Yeah, very nice. Um, so anyway, going back to us knowing each other for a while, I think. 2009, so we were both 16, right? 15, um, 16? Yeah, 16, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it feels like forever ago. We're both 28 now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> crazy how time flies. Yeah, um, sure. I remember us playing, before we really knew each other, um, you were living in Iowa, I was living in Jersey, mm -hmm. and really the only interaction we had was playing Xbox Live at like 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I had a bad problem, and that's like a lot of my racing friends, right? Like, I was never the type to be friends with the competition in racing, but then like you find that one com, and actually a lot of people that I've become friends with in racing is probably because we had altercations. Like me and you in 2009, we were basically pinned against each other with the competition side mm -hmm. because we were both winning races. We were both the young new guys on the scene. Um, and then you find one thing that you kind of have in common and whether that be call of duty on xbox or whatever yeah uh you know and then like it's like your schedules work out at the time 
Um, when you're you know, 16, the schedules yeah, are pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you race, you go to Both school. Both lived at home with our parents. And uh, yeah, you live at home, you play Xbox, and you end up playing until 3, 4 in the morning. And um, I mean, you, you just develop a relationship that's, uh, you know, outside of racing. And uh, it turns out in racing, we all have a lot more in common than, than you think. You know, we yeah. all fight our own battles, but it's cool to kind of, kind of, grow that relationship and and go through the the sport and the series with each other through that way but yeah xbox is uh <laughs> it was a good time back in the day yeah yeah like i said it's <laughs> it's crazy how much we've been through since then um you know we both moved to charlotte probably you were probably what 16 17 i was 18 when i finally moved i was uh, so where did you 16 17 when i'd come down for the summer do you remember um, <laughs> the two weeks in 2011 when you lived with me? Yeah, yeah. So the first two weeks I lived in North Carolina, it went fantastic. Um, that was my first apartment. Yeah, so Ryan got myself. his first apartment. Uh, he was, that was the time you were at the Xfinity program or nationwide program. Yep. At MWR, I was at the Canaan East program. I had gotten a townhouse that I couldn't move into yet um, because I moved down before it was available. Uh, so I had to find a place to live for two weeks. I was gracious enough to, I, yeah. to give you a room. You gave me a room. <laughs> I helped you move in. Um, and then I was out It was my first day. two weeks, too, by the way. It was yeah. Oh, it was like all, he, all got, he had gotten the keys, like, in front of me. Like, it was... <laughs> when we walked in the door, there was nothing in there. Yeah. I think we moved a bunch of stuff from your brother's garage yep. uh, to, the, to the townhouse in Cornelius. Yep, hand me down. And I got the hand me down furniture. That was the nicest hand me down furniture I've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah. let's not play it yeah. off like that. Oh no, but, I'm not. But but uh, yeah. So we so we move in right, and um, I'm out late one night or some. I was out or something, and you had went snowboarding. Yeah, me and my friend from New from Jersey. Jersey. Yep. Uh, went snowboarding, and all of a sudden I get a text from Ryan saying, uh, you know, he, I think. From the championship the year before you'd gotten like a gift card to sears oh, sears sears yeah. yep sears and he bought like a a big i don't know 60 inch tv whatever and a playstation 3 at the time xbox whatever yep. and um he goes hey where's my stuff <laughs> <laughs> i go what are you talking about where's your stuff yeah i said i haven't been home and it was about and midnight. this was day two yeah it was quick it was living early. in the place oh, yeah day two to five of living in yep. the place and he's texting me, where's my stuff? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, he had come home to realize that the TV was gone, the Xbox was gone. Computer. My computer, his computer, everything. Everything electronic. Worth value in yep. the place was just gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I remember we call the cops and they show up. And they're like, yeah, you guys got robbed. And <laughs> basically there's nothing we can do about it because there's no footage of who did it. But I mean, clearly, whoever watched saw you move the, in, yeah, they saw know, us move in and targeted the the place. But yep. yeah, it was a interesting first week of welcome to North Carolina. Yeah, you know, yeah, finally living us. on both on living my own, on our own, not and, with my parents, <laughs> and uh, we get everything stolen. Yep. So I don't think I've ever told that story um, to the public before, but it was wild. It was wild for yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, it was just like one of those you can't believe it. No, right? I still can't believe it when I think back on it. And. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the good thing is nice none place of us, too. Nice none neighborhood, of us were nice home, area. You know, we're right so. down the shop, down the street from the shop. Yeah, we we're safe. Yeah, none of, us, none of us were home, um, which I think <laughs> it's very interesting that the day we leave 
for the full day. Yeah. So, I mean, it I don't was, know if somebody had binoculars across the street or what, but dude, it, was, it was interesting timing. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that, and thanks for bringing it up, <laughs> I guess. But, um, yeah, no, definitely an interesting start to living on your own at 17 and a half, 18 years old, for yeah. sure. So needless to say, you moved out very quickly after that happened. Well, my townhouse was ready <laughs> at that point, and uh, the RT security system was not up to my standards. So. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was... Uh, that was an experience moment, I guess. It really was. I'll, I'll never um, um, never take security for granted again after that. Yeah, and it's just, like you said, it was a nice area of town. Right off exit 28, you wouldn't expect that to happen. Uh, but I guess when you're young kids, it, they take advantage of you. Yeah. So. yeah, easy target, I guess. I don't know what else to say on that <laughs> one. It was definitely a life, uh, a life moment. You learn yeah. from it and you move on. Yep. So. Yeah. It's just part of it. Now here we are, 12 years later, sitting in a hot tub, talking on a podcast. Upgrade. <laughs> so what do you think of my hot tub, by the way? The Marquee Spa. It's pretty nice. Um, I, I was think... trying to work out a deal with you pre-show, and, uh, you know, I just... You want one of your own, is what you're saying? Yeah, I just want it for free, though, you know? Well, I'm a tight ass. Here's the thing. I went out there, I went out there to Oregon in January or February, um... And actually helped them build a few so there's a few that probably don't work correctly because i helped work on them that sounds like the one i'm gonna get you could do that or i could arrange a deal where you go out there and work part-time and kind of just pay it off no i'll just take your I'll sh i can show you i'll you show you the ropes they yeah, i'll, I'll just take the dysfunctional one okay all right as I'll, long as like three of the four jet systems work i'm good perfect but it is nice very nice thank you we were listening to the radio earlier badass bluetooth <laughs> pretty cool yeah um i'm all for it We'll have to, uh, I've been to your house. I've seen your backyard. I, I know that you could fit probably the biggest model they make back there and we, have room to spare. We could try. I can come build you a nice wall like this one. Um, I'll even give you a sign that has that on it so you can think of me every time you're in it. Yeah, I'm good without a sign to be honest. Uh, the rest I'm good with though, yeah. All right, all right, <laughs> to each their own I guess. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we kind of grew up around each other and a lot of people don't know we've driven for almost all the same teams. So we both drove for, we've both dri driven for Shiggy Tori, we've both driven for MWR, both driven for Joe Gibbs Racing, we've both driven for BK Racing, we've both driven for RAB Racing. Yeah. <laughs> there are a bunch of highs and lows in between there, but yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, where do you want to go with this? Like, it could go it down could go so anywhere. many different... It could go anywhere. I guess, you know, the... I would say more than... You know, teams is timing, right? Essentially. Yeah. Um, you know, I drove for Shiggy the first time when he was just starting in K and N. Mm -hmm. um, we had some success, but not a lot. Um, and then, you know, you drove for Shiggy when he was just starting in trucks. Mm -hmm. Kind of the same story. You had really good runs, but ultimately it was a new team and yeah. struggles pursued. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I drive the next year, and it's an established team and. There was more success, but it wasn't anything due to the driver. It was just a team that has more experience. Right. Um, and same thing with MWR. You drove for them in the K&N series when they were great. And um, the next year, I didn't fill your shoes by any means uh, with a championship. And RAB, um, you know, I think we both. That was our both of our both of our first experiences with Scott Zipidelli. He was the crew chief when you were there, right? 
Correct. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we both had worked with him, and then he ended up being our crew chief years At later. HRE. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how the sport goes. Yeah. For sure, because yeah. it's all in cycles. Like, um, you know, that I got. I had one Xfinity race at RAB, mm-hmm. and I liked Robbie Benton a lot and Zipidelli a lot, obviously, but. Um, <clears throat> You know, you go in there for one race, you have a decent day, and you never think that chemistry is going to pay off. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, I land in the 16 truck for 2018, and what do you know, Scott Zepdelli's the crew chief, mm-hmm. and our communication over the years has paid off because of the fact that we'd worked together before. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's pretty wild the way everything works out in this sport, and I think you and myself personally have seen a lot of ups and downs and a lot of crazy rides yeah <laughs> it hasn't been a, a streamlined road to the top yeah uh for either of us by any means uh but we're still here and we're still doing it and i think that resilience is worth more than um you know having 20 million dollars to go spend on a ride so yeah um yeah i mean there's there's times when i mean i was racing four or five times a year and i thought maybe i'd have to move back to jersey and go work for the family or Cause I don't, I mean, aside from driving, it's, it's, it's hard to, to really know where you'd land in the sport. Um, and I think you've kind of felt the same way when you had years where you were like, man, I don't know. I might just move back to Iowa and go yeah. have some stability and, and yeah, no, there's, that but, is but like, you stick it through and yeah, that is, up. that is like, uh, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of times where I personally have just broken down. Uh, because no matter what you do and no matter what the right people say or accomplish or you accomplish, it seems like everything's stacked against you at times, Um, which is, it just puts you down. It puts you in the dumps. And um, to be honest, like my dad had a huge home building company at one point before the recession. And I don't share this with a lot. I haven't even told him that I, you know, this message is, I guess, kind of to him. Um, because I haven't really told him this personally, but at the time he had a whole bunch of money. Um, this was before I ever started racing. The recession happens, he loses everything. Yeah. Like everything. And he's scratching and get by. We were racing dirt modifies at the time. So we find investors to pay for my racing at the K N East level. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm very thankful for. I wouldn't be here today without them. Um but the one thing I think I learned from my dad, and like he'll still call, you know, these days when we're talking about what's next year bring, how do we get to cup, you know, so on. Yeah. And it'll be at the end of the call or at some time in the call, he'll joke around and say, hey, I'm sorry, your dad doesn't have a bunch of money. <laughs> and I, I literally, every time I take that to heart because I've learned more from him by losing everything. Yeah. And showing his worth ec- work ethic to rebuild it. Mm-hmm than I would have ever learned by just him writing a check for a $20 million, $10 million ride, you know? Yep. Like a lot of the kids are these days. Uh, you've seen it, I've seen it, we've all seen it. And they don't have any respect for the sport or for their rides and not even to bring in the talent measure of it. But, um, you know, I've learned more from him bouncing back from losing absolutely everything than I would have ever learned from him writing a check for me to go Xfinity racing or truck racing at that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool to see that uh, it all goes through. And like you said, at low moments, you thought you're moving back home. And um, I guess at this point, I'm at peace with it. If if racing doesn't <clears throat> work out, yeah. I know I've learned enough and met enough people 
that I can go be successful outside of racing, and that's kind of kind of what excites me for the future is, you know, that, yes, I would love to race, and yes, I want to be successful, but I've met enough people and learned enough along the way that I feel like I could be successful in other avenues other yeah. than racing, so. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no, there's no guarantees at all. I no. Mean, going into 2018, I don't think you expected to even have a truck ride, and then you ended up with Shiggy kind of last minute, right? Yeah. January, late January. Yeah, no, very last minute. And then it was, at then, that, it was a four race deal. Yep. You know, it was, it was, all right, we'll take the first four and, um, you know, we'll see where we stack up. And the motive was kind of, if that doesn't go extremely well, then we're going to have to take someone on with money to pay for the rest of the ride, you know, and we've all been there. Yep. Um, you know, and we piece it together. And there were moments throughout the season and people, People always question me, like, okay, Chicago, were you guys really not going to go? And, like, it was real. Like, we weren't going to go to the racetrack, no, and Shiggy was willing to... I can, I can attest to that. There was times the year yeah. before where we had the same issue. Um, we almost didn't go to Talladega. Like, week of, we weren't going. That and, was... And Johnny Morris and Bass Pro stepped up yeah. and helped us helped us get to the racetrack. And if yeah, it weren't for like, them, we would we would have missed the race. Like, we wouldn't have gone. Yeah, like, that was a real thing. And people, like, question it, and I'm like... I called Tyler Young. I called everyone I knew that would maybe piece together a truck so I could go start and park it. Just just so name. I could yep. stay relevant in the, stay in, in the points. In the points. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if I missed a race, I couldn't race for a championship. Yeah. So I was doing everything I could, and like it was 100% real. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's just the way it is, unfortunately. But you just gotta keep going. We've all been through it, and you just yeah. gotta keep fighting and do what you can week in and week out. Yeah. But yeah. So, w would you say your goal is to obviously be a cup driver, but if you saw yourself as like the Matt Crafton or, or Johnny Sauter, the truck <laughs> veteran, the old Wiley truck veteran, yeah, would you be happy with that? No. No? No. You don't want to do that? No, I mean, no offense to them. And I mean, they've both accomplished a lot outside of the truck series, so right. it's it's not a fair well, title. Well, so you. I mean, you're, you're a cup rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that was a sticky situation. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't – I'm not going to be content running the truck series. Forever. Um, forever. I mean, I would do it, but it would become a job at that point. Right. Um, you know, my aspirations are to one day be a cup champion or at least be a cup race winner yep. or fighting for them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're ever willing to settle, then it means – that you've lost the the love for the job and the process of being a yeah, champion right. and then it's you're doing it literally as a job and not yeah and yeah. that's what like at the time right like i could have after 2015 i could have ran backmarker cup teams and made a living but mm -hmm. at that point to me it was a job yep and that's not what i'm in it for like i i want to come home either a pissed off or b happy as hell because yeah. we just want to race yep and if we finish second, I want to be pissed. I yep. don't want to be, you know, celebrating a second-place finish. I don't exactly. want to be with a team like that. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a whole different level, I think, when you get to the champions. You look at, one, your brother, uh, you know, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch. Like, they don't accept anything but perfect, and that's what I want to chase. So. Yep. Amen. So, no, I would I not be with okay that. with <laughs> Make a long story short. If, if that's the if that's the end program for Brett Moffat, I'd be good with it. 
Yeah. Because uh, I'm still making a living driving race cars, but that's not my dreams. That's not my aspiration right. by any means. Yeah. I got you. I mean, it's always good to, to set your goals high. Yeah. And never I'd give up. I'd rather fall short of high goals than to achieve low goals. So. That's a good. That's a good statement. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I want to get away from racing a little bit because mm. we'll get a little too serious. Hey, Amen. Yeah. Um, so, what's your favorite memory with me, other than when we got robbed? <laughs> other than when we got robbed, huh? Yeah. Uh, good memory. Other than playing Xbox when we were 16, I guess. You know, actually, and it's going to sound like a terrible memory at first. <laughs> but when my truck got rear-ended in Snowshoe, Virginia. I forgot about that. <laughs> so. <laughs> that is a good one. So we're outing Sergio Pena here. Yep. <laughs> but man, that was a good time. We were up in Snowshoe. We went skiing. Um. No, we hadn't. We just got there. Oh yeah, we, we just hadn't finished even, our five-hour drive. We hadn't drive. even checked in yet. We drove five, five and a half hours. Yeah. And so when you get to Snowshoe Mountain, you have no West cell Virginia. phone service. Middle of West Virginia. Yeah, no Middle cell phone service. So we all get there and we go find a restaurant bar with Wi-Fi service. Yep. Because we're trying to communicate. We didn't know what cabin was ours. We were trying to communicate. Yeah, Sergio was the one that had all the details, and he was coming from Virginia. Yes. So we were meeting him from so here. So we got there at a different time. Yep. So we're all sitting there waiting. Finally, we get a hold of Sergio, and uh, he meets us at the restaurant. We go to drive down to the cabin, and... And it's snowing. It's snowing. A lot. And, uh, yeah, so we find our cabin. You know, I'm going 15 miles an hour. <laughs> I check up and I go to turn into a parking spot and all of a sudden Sergio just goes underneath your truck flat out and rear ends <laughs> us uh, and that was the first day of the trip so that you know kind of put a bummer on it but two, our two wrecked vehicles sat in the parking yeah. lot for four days and I felt bad for Sergio because he felt way worse than I because obviously I knew that he was gonna have to pay for it <laughs> um, but yeah I mean that was a great weekend fun trip um, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was a good time. That's so funny. That was the first time I've ever been rear-ended. I mean, I'm always... The, scared the crap out of me. Outside of the rear-ending, I'm always going to be one that wants to go to the mountains with their friends, so that will always be the first of my memories, <laughs> like, or best of my memories with a friend. Yeah. Is to go snowboarding, skiing, go have fun in the mountains, so... Yeah. I was, would say that was definitely my... The best part, part of was, it was my least favorite memory, but a lot of it was my most favorite memory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The the best part I think was driving home and your tailpipe was just dragging yeah. the pavement the whole ride. <laughs> yeah. So at the time, like you wore a hole in the. It was a GMC the, truck, so the exhaust was out the right. Anytime we turned to the left, it would just, just be, be dragging on the ground. <laughs> like a curb feeler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Poor Sergio. Yeah, that was. It was a good time though. It was a great time. But uh, yeah, he to start the trip off with a wrecked car, like you couldn't see over the hood of his car. No. <laughs> we had to. We had to like, I don't remember what we did to get the hood down so he could go home at know. the end of the trip. I but don't it was know. it was very sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. But that is so funny. That's uh, that's a good story. I never would have, I never would have remembered that. Thought of that. I mean, there's a lot of stories with you that I could probably, you know, some of them go into detail on. They probably can't say, but I probably wouldn't remember of much of the detail with. Yeah, um, too too many uh, hop, drop, and rolls. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think that was my thing back in the day, but yeah, they're newer, I think. What was old? 
uh, Sailor Jerry. What was that? Or not Sailor Jerry. Uh, Sailor Jerry. No, the Rusty Rudder. That was, those Rusty are some Rudder, good yeah. times. Yeah. A good place. Yeah. The the, I guess it's like the Lake Dive Bar, or was back then. Yeah, it was. It's gone. Lake now. Norman. It's gone now. It's Hello Sailor now. So. Yeah. Not near as cool, folks. It's a little. It's a little too modern for for uh, for our taste. Yeah. So. I, since we're on the theme of pe things people don't know and have never heard, um, <laughs> what's one interesting thing about you that fans don't know? Uh, it's like the hardest question, I think. Yeah, it definitely is. Especially because I feel like I'm pretty open. Um, you are in the market for a, uh, a new lawnmower? Let me share that. Yeah, I am. We were talking about that. Any lawnmower companies want to... Pre-show. Um, yes, any lawnmower companies that... Want to hit, hit us up. Brent would like it. to give me a good deal on a commercial-grade lawnmower. That'd be pretty Before awesome. Before we filmed this, you actually were, were giving me tips on lawn care and telling me... Uh, no, I was just asking you how you did. Yeah. Because for no irrigation, your lawn is really nice. Yeah. Like, it's just one of my neighbors, he's like 13 years old, just comes over. I give him 20 bucks and he mows it for me. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. lazy. And I'm just trying to avoid spending a lot of money on a lawnmower because I'm not lazy or kind of lazy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, man, I don't know if it's something that... Something interesting. Anything. I don't feel it like could I'm be a story about you. of a person. Like, I, I race. I work around the house. I go race again. Just your, just your everyday guy. Especially with the, like, the Xfinity and truck program. Yeah, I guess you don't have much off time now, I'm huh? so busy that it's like, like, I love, so speaking of the mower, I love going mowing because it's like meditation. Like, just, just I used to listen to music, now yeah. I just don't listen to anything and just, like, think. Like, it's yeah. just, it's my time to just go think about things and not have anyone to answer to or this and that. Just disconnect from everything. Yeah, it's like, it's two hours that I get to just go spend mowing my lawn and not think about anything, so... Yeah. I guess I kind of like it. Like, I was thinking about paying somebody to mow my yard, and I'm like, I'd rather just buy a nicer mower and just do, it yourself. do a better quality job myself. That makes so. a lot of sense. So I, I get a lot of crap from, from my girlfriend and friends when I go on, like, a road trip or drive anywhere because I never listen to music. Like, when I drive, I'll drive for nine hours and just oh, silence. Dude. <laughs> so that's something interesting about me. How many times have you left the racetrack just PO'd, right? Just, just riding, just and like, stewing in anger the whole ride. Yeah, and like, finally, five minutes before you get to the hotel or the airport, you realize that I haven't had any music <laughs> on or anything, and you're just in your own head, yeah, right? Just like, just seem blown out of your ears. Yeah, dude, I do that so much, and then I'll realize like five minutes before I get where I'm going, I'm like, wow, I've really just been sitting here stewing. Just, yep. <laughs> but I love it. Like, I think you need that at times. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm saying like if if I have a bad day and I'm I'm just angry, that's what I do. I mean, Atlanta, um, that race, I had to be up super early, like four or five a.m., and um, we raced it like I don't know three o'clock. Yeah. And I drove straight home after, and damn, I think I got wrecked on pit road or something. This is this year in the forty yeah, truck. Yeah. And I was so angry. I remember it was, that. It's like, it's a, like second pit stop. I yep, think. Yeah, yeah. It's like a four-hour drive. Yeah. Drove the whole way, no music, angry. And you don't even realize Never it. even stopped once, like just yeah. drove straight, straight to the house. I don't think I even like, like I think I just looked at a spot in my windshield and just was like staring for four hours. Like someone could ask you what you just passed 10 minutes ago and you wouldn't have, yeah, no. yeah. That's like one of those situations where you start driving and then you're there. 
and you're uh, like, how yeah. did this happen? Like, yeah, you don't like even remember. 30 minutes later down the road, you don't remember what you just passed, yeah, what just happened. Just zone out. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> 100% agree. Like, that's me after any bad day at the track, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I think drivers kind of have a bit of a anger problem, probably. I don't think it's anger, well, yeah, I think it's partially anger, but... I think it's just like so it's the competitive fire. So I think yeah, I think when you meet a driver, right? Like there's some guys you have respect for. There's some guys you don't as far as talent level or competitiveness. Mm -hmm. And we all have those people marked off in our head, right? Yep. And we well, you want you want to say your whole list? See if we can I'm pretty good at outing them on Twitter. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know who I do and don't really, you yeah. know, have respect for. But um, that is one thing about about Brett Moffat is he says what he thinks. Yeah. At all times, um, but whether people like it or not. But as it turns out, <laughs> like it's your funny. Girlfriend's fiance is uh, shaking her head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll shoot it straight up. But like, <laughs> it's funny. So say like, you know, I I obviously respect you as a driver. It turns out most of the things we do outside of racing, you're pretty good at, or you pick up at right away, right? And I feel like there's a lot of people that in racing, like the people that I turn out to respect as a driver and have talent as a driver, they'll pick up on a lot of other things very quickly as well, mm -hmm. um, as far as athletically. Um, and then there's very uncoordinated people out there that are probably a driver because of funding instead of talent. and it turns out when you take them, say, wake surfing, golfing, whatever, they struggle at that extremely bad. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny how you can kind of tie the two together. Um, that's just one thing way. I've learned yeah. or noticed through the years, I guess. Right, well, um, if it's school of thought. Well, I'm not good at golfing, thing. Like, I'm terrible at golf. Well, yeah, but if you cared enough, you'd probably do it, yeah. get I do it like three Kyle times Larson, a year. Kyle Larson, you know, five years ago was a terrible golfer. Yeah. And now he's a pretty darn good golfer. It's just like the competitive edge of like, hey, I'm not going to lose. Mind. I'm not going to lose to my friends. I'm not going right. to lose to my friends. Yeah. What do I got to do to be better? So, um, yeah, I think it's just a personal trait, and I think that's why we get in those zones, you know, on those car rides. That because you're just you're willing to give more than anybody to be successful, and then when it doesn't happen, it ruins your mind for a few hours, I guess. Yeah. Well, for me, it's I like we talked about it. The past few years have been crazy up and downs mm -hmm. it's really really easy to fall in the mindset of jealousy of other drivers like that have had it easy or oh, everything yeah. every t all the timing has been perfect from you know from day one of their career all the way to the top and you mm -hmm. look at it like why isn't that me what what am i doing wrong here and there's there's really nothing it's i've always said it it always comes down one of the biggest things obviously sponsorship money and funding yeah and being with a good team but like we said before a lot of it's timing yeah you can I mean, you can go to a Joe Gibbs racing one year and not win a race or go there the next year and win eight. I mean, yeah. look at look at my brother and the trajectory his career's had and just the timing he had. If if he, he hadn't lost Napa in 2013, he never would have went to Furniture Row. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. might not be a champion now. No, you know, I You know what I mean? Like, agree. It, it, you never if know. If you look at Martin Truex in 20, what was that, 2012, 2013? 2014 was his first year at Furniture Row. Okay, so 2013? Yep. Honestly, what would you say, a B-level driver? Yeah, I mean, he And won. then all of a sudden, all that crap happens, yep. which Makes would you stronger. have killed anybody else. Mm -hmm. But he rallied in that situation, got with a team that 
could afford him at the time, I guess. Yeah. And they built a program around him, and then all of a sudden he's a champion and is racing for Joe Gibbs Racing, who has the best cup program out there right now. Yep. Arguably. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's that was his mindset of, like, I'm not going to let this put me down. I'm going to use this to build me up better. Which that's, as a driver, that's really... In the in the time, like when it's happening, it's really really oh, it's hard, hard to, to see, see that. that. See yeah, the light no, the no, tunnel. I agree. When you're, I hundred percent. When you're struggling, agree. it's you're just down you're in the just, dumps. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to to get out of that. And I think in the era of social media and makes everything happens worse. so quickly, yeah, it's it makes it hard. It's, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, because whether you like to not or not, you believe or you start to believe what people are saying online yep um and that's like you could win a race and someone's still gonna talk shit about you <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people are yeah yeah i mean i was watching a video today where two people were still talking shit from back in 2010 and it's like are you f you can beep it <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> um but yeah it's you know it's frustrating because everyone has opinions and everyone's get getting caught up in the you know oh well I'm going to throw stats at you. Well, it's like it's not really like that because anything can change at the flip of a hat and timing is everything. Being with the right team at the right time is everything. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's frustrating. Like, it's, there's no way around it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. There's just, there's so much that goes into it behind yeah. the scenes that. One day, like, I mean, we all say it, but I'd really like to write a tell-all book of a NASCAR <laughs> once you're, once you're experience. Retired. Yes. Once you're retired. Once I'm down and out, <laughs> I would love to write a book just really outing everything. Just because there's so much that goes on that people don't know. And I think we're starting to see it more due to the fact that social media is being more active. Yeah. Um, I was watching, I guess, or I didn't watch it, but I saw the article of uh, the door bumper clear where they're explaining driver contracts to uh, some guy and he was blown out of his mind mm -hmm. you know the, the fact that the drivers have to bring money to their contract yeah and he's you know just dumbfounded mm -hmm. um, but that's not even the start of it as you know and I know like there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that it's just it's wild yeah so I would love to just give a <laughs> memoir at the end Straight of from Brett the end of my career just give a <laughs> memoir that's this is what i've experienced i'm out yeah see you um, later but yeah hopefully, ho hopefully that's in like 20 years yeah hopefully that's a long <laughs> ways away um but we'll see yeah so I, I had this question for cole and i'm really curious to know your answer you could race and i didn't really like his answer um that's why i'm asking you <laughs> if you could race anything any series in the world right now other than what you race, what would it be? Any car, any series? Formula One. Okay, that was my answer. Hands down. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're on the same page with that. No, I would... Uh, man, like watching... So the Formula One Netflix show, mm -hmm. pretty badass, right? Yeah. Uh, it gives us insight that we'd never seen and shows us that their world is a whole lot closer to ours than we had thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like seeing... And I'll be honest, at first, like, when I saw Pierre Gasly and saw the first few episodes, I was like, I do not like this guy. <laughs> but yeah. then watching him win You're a couple weeks him. ago, yeah, I was like, okay, that's really cool. Yep. Um, so that, like, changed my mind 100%. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't like the fact that, you know, obviously no one can compete with um, Mercedes at that level. Mm -hmm. But 
Formula One is the ultimate motorsport program in the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess no matter how well we do in NASCAR, the top cup guy, there's never going to be the same amount of recognition as Lewis Hamilton, a world champion. So. Right. It's, yeah, like you said, it's worldwide. So yeah. it's, just, it's just different. But it would be cool as hell. I mean, if, I you're, love, yeah. if you're Max Verstappen, <laughs> when you win Monaco at 18 years old, I could know, you I, imagine? I can't imagine. Like, you're with like. Red Bull F1 winning Monaco at yeah. 18 years old. Your life is forever changed right there. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> when I think back to 18-year-old Ryan, and if that happened to him, no idea how I, I just don't even know like I'm, yeah. I'm not I don't even remember what I was like back then yeah I, I mean I mean yeah we were when we were 18 we were getting robbed at our, oh, yeah. at our apartment we had no business yeah. even racing trucks at that point yeah no no I agree we thought we were ready but we weren't ready I mean uh, the maturity you'd have to have to, yeah. to do that and deal with well come just the pressure of being at that level at 18 I can't imagine oh yeah it's even unreal. the cup the cup level I mean that's what like so like when I did my cup deal I felt like I did a decent job right at managing I'd never raced Xfinity never raced truck yep and I got thrown into cup and I do a decent job at it um you know and at the time I thought oh well why do I need the Xfinity series or why do I need truck series mm -hmm. which it wasn't an option so it's not like I had that option available but right. at the time I'm like oh well I'm good like we're having good runs in cup uh, but now looking back it's like there was a lot to learn <laughs> which I think it helped me going into the truck series later in my career and going into Xfinity later, later yeah uh, just because the level of competition on Sundays is that much greater uh, yeah but I mean if I would have done it the right way and done trucks Xfinity then cup mm -hmm. I felt like my first go around in cup would have been much more successful yeah I, um, I kind of feel the same yeah because you, know, you you take that option because it's the only option you had, right? right? Yep, exactly. When so, I went to Cup, twenty fourteen, yeah, I, I had nothing else. Yeah. That was that was my option, and obviously I would have loved to go get in a winning truck or Xfinity car. Yeah. Um, but you kind of have to play the cards you're dealt. Like we've talked about this whole episode pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the F one thing. That's that's for sure what I picked. Custer, he said USAC, right? He said, I think he said USAC. Oh, uh, no. Which, very cool, yes. I would love to I mean, do that. I mean, it's cool. Yeah, I would love to do it. But I said anything in the world. So. Yeah, I would be Formula But Custer's one. a simple guy. He likes his bush light, and he likes to... I like bush light like the next guy. I do, too. Over, but too. Uh, if I had a chance to race anything in the world, <laughs> it's going to be the premier series in the world, and that's yeah. going to be Formula 1. Yeah. So we kind of just called him out a little bit, but that's fun. Um, well, I think we're running out of daylight here. And I think we've been doing this now for a long time. We might have actually beat the record that we set with Custer. Damn. So, yeah, very happy. So cheers. Thank you for coming on. Only one beer for 45 minutes? One beer, I know. Damn. Is yours empty? It, yeah, I'm it's about sorry. to be. Well, I just got some on my face. That's nice. Top <laughs> drop and roll, Noda, hit us up. Thank you everybody for watching. Um, like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow Marquee Spas on Instagram, Twitter, uh, merch at shop.marqueeracing.com. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching and tuning in. Brett, thanks for coming. And, follow uh, me, too. Follow Brett, Brett Moffat Racing, <laughs> right? At Brett I, Moffat Racing. Honestly, I don't even know. We'll figure it out. We'll put it, <laughs> we'll put it at the bottom here at the end. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for tuning in. See you next time.